Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2022, the first Daily Wager podcast of the new year, Monday, January 3rd edition. We've got you covered with a variety of action for tonight, including Monday Night Football. So settle in and we'll set you up in a little more than 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. It's a Monday, so Tyler Fulgham and Aaron Dolan with you to get you set up on Monday Night Football and dabble a bit in the association. Uh, not the most exciting Monday night game, Aaron. We have not at all. <laughs> no, hosting the Browns. The Browns have been eliminated from playoff contention. The Steelers technically still alive, but they have to win tonight and win in week 18 and get some help along the way. So um, yeah. the, the outlook is slim for the Steelers. This also could be the last time that Ben Roethlisberger laces them up mm-hmm. in front of the fans at Heinz Field. So um, we've seen this I think line. it will be. Yeah, well, I, w- I would be shocked if he's back, to be quite honest. I don't know if he's <laughs> going to pull an Antonio Brown and straight up just <laughs> chuck the deuces, but uh, have to feel like one the way to go are, out. <laughs> right. have to feel like the Steelers definitely want to move on at that position. Um, it's, it's definitely been a weird kind of uh, set up, a weird kind of line move for this game. The Browns, um, before they were eliminated um, by the proceedings on Sunday, they were favored by three, three and a half. Uh, then they're eliminated and there's this narrative again, that it could be big Ben's last game and they still have something to play for. And this line has swung all the way through zero to now having the Steelers favored by two and a half (laughs) at home. The total has gone up slightly, uh, due to this from like 41 and a half to about 43, 43 and a half. So, uh, this, this is all over the place. I'm curious your thoughts on how you're approaching it. Yeah. So obviously that is a huge line swing. I mean, from plus, you know, three and a half yesterday for the Steelers before the 1 p.m. games to now them being favored by two and a half right now. Um, yesterday I talked about this that I liked the home team total points, meaning for the Steelers, or excuse me, the first half under is what I liked. That was um, under 20. I'm trying to see right now if it's moved at all because I know that obviously the total has been moving around like crazy, but I did like under for that just because the Steelers have not scored in the first half since they play the Chargers on November 21st, which is pretty crazy. And they're averaging two points in the first half in the last five games. So they really take a while to get going. I know Ben Roethlisberger, obviously, this is such a big game for him. It's his last career game at home. I mean, that's not 100% certain, but most likely I'm about 90% sure on that. Um, And I just think that it'll be probably a slow, methodical game at the beginning, just like per usual. I don't see the Cleveland Browns being able to put up a ton of points or averaging 21 points um, in the, by the end result of a game. So I don't see them being able to put up just like a ton and ton of points at the beginning. And I um, just think like going with a first half under makes more sense just because Ben could have such a big second half as we've seen in so many games this season. So for me, I'm looking to play it that way. I'm absolutely staying away from the spread. I mean, it's just been going pretty crazy in the last couple of hours and days. Yeah, I the total to me shooting up. I, I want to play an under when I see two AFC North teams, especially two AFC North teams that have been mm-hmm. as limited offensively as these two have been this season playing at night in a cold weather outdoor environment. I want to play the under. Um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take the Browns. I thought the Browns were the better team. I was willing to lay the three with them um, before they were eliminated. Now I'm kind of getting an extra five and a half points of value on that. Mm -hmm. I don't look at the Browns 
um, under Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield kind of maybe needing to put out some good tape and prove to the rest of the NFL that he's a capable starting quarterback because his future may not be uh, with Cleveland beyond this year. Um, I don't think the Browns are just going to lay down. I don't think that's going to be, it's possible. Certainly. I mean, that, that's what we're trying to yeah. handicap here, but my that's belief I'm surprised by the line. Yeah. I, do people I think that too. the Cleveland Browns are just going to forget this is like a game and it's a prime time game. And it's a Monday night football game. Like that's going to roll over and be like, you're big Ben. Yeah. Have a great and last a ri- And it's a rival that they embarrassed last year in the postseason. They've already beaten once this year. Uh, I'm sure they would love to kind of end Pittsburgh season in Pittsburgh. I think there's still something tangible for them to play for here. Although it's not a playoff um, position. I think they can, they would take a lot of pleasure and kind of, you know, really, you know, taking Big Ben out back and, you know, sending them, you know, like the way of old Yeller there and, and making sure that the Pittsburgh Steelers fans have nothing to celebrate. So I like the value we're getting now on the Cleveland Browns. I think my favorite play, the one with most conviction, is just the Browns mm-hmm. side at plus uh, two and a half because I was leaning towards them anyways when they were favored, um, given what we've seen from Pittsburgh so far this season. So I, uh, my best guess is that Cleveland will not lay down if they'll want to play spoiler <laughs> and I will take those uh, two and a half points in my pocket. And again, when teams like this get together, it's an under or a pass for me. Any way you want to slice it, just, um, you know, of course overs can happen, but it's just, it's just hard to bet those overs and then watch a game in yeah. like 17, 14 and go, mm-hmm. God, I knew that was going to happen. Um, prop market. Is there anything yep. standing out for you in the prop market? I know everything is not posted yet, but, uh, yes. from what you have seen, what stands out? So Cleveland ranks third in rushing yards per game. They average 145 rushing yards. And fortunately for the Browns, the Steelers rank dead last in rush defense, allowing 143 rushing yards per game. So of course I wanted to look at Nick Chubb and if you've been looking online, you've been able to find his alternate yards. And today I saw 70 plus at minus 110 and 80 plus was plus 140. So great value there. And then finally it was posted within the last hour that is yeah. rushing yards props at 88 and a half. And that's at minus 110 right now. Um, for me, there's part, part of me thinks, like you mentioned, Baker Mayfield needs to prove to people that he deserves to be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And he's going to look to throw that ball and make himself look better. And that's kind of been an issue so far this season when a lot of times people have argued that if they just continue to run the ball, which is their greatest advantage, things would be better. But Baker Mayfield was still throwing the ball. But the last time these two AFC North foes met on Halloween, the Steelers were able to limit Chubb to 16 carries for 61 yards. The difference, I would say, though, in this game, the Steelers have a depleted defensive line with NFL's health and safety protocols. I'm not positive if all of them will be back today. Obviously, they're playing for Ben Roethlisberger and his potential last game at Heinz Field, but I still think 88 and a half does seem a tad high just considering everything that could have happened with Baker Mayfield. I see him throwing the ball as much as possible, making himself look good in this game rather than run the ball, which is what they should do. You know, that seems like Mm -hmm. that's (laughs) no brainer, but I think 88 and a half seems pretty high considering I kept looking for this prop and I kept seeing all the alternate rushing yard lines and everything was over 60 plus over 70 plus. And then they posted at 88 and a half. So I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, I knew it'd be a high number, but I'm going to go under 88 and a half for him. Yeah. I'm kind of on the other side of that with Nick Chubb. He, he just had a really nice game um, last time. And I think he ran for 126 yards. It, the, the big thing that would affect me uh, one way or the other is the availability of Kareem Hunt. Like if mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, who's currently listed as questionable, is going to suit up in this game, then I, I don't want any part of playing it over. Uh, but if Kareem Hunt is not available, then 
There's just one less mouth to feed in that backfield. More attempts are going to go Nick Chubb's way. And obviously more attempts equals higher opportunity uh, and probability to go over this. I do think, though, it's a really good matchup for Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns. Their strength, as you mentioned, the offensive line and the running game. And that has been something that, um, you know, usually that's what Pittsburgh's defense is, is great at stopping. They're physical and they can stop the run this year. Um, they've been terrible, as you mentioned. So that strength lines up with a weakness. But I do want to make sure that Chubb is kind of the only feature back, the only guy that they can hand the rock off to. I do think it's going to be kind of one of those cold weather AFC North games where both teams kind of old school try and establish the run and win the line of scrimmage. I just trust Cleveland is better at doing that with their personnel this year than the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers are. So 87 and a half, 88 and a half is pretty high. Um, right now it looks like Hunt is questionable. I know he hasn't played in some time. Mm-hmm. So if he's not able to come back, uh, December 12th is the last time he played, um, then I'd go ahead and fire on Nick Chubb. But if there is a concern that he could play, then that's a stay away from me. On the Ben Roethlisberger side, his passing yardage prop is 238 and a half. Again, that's one where I'm probably going to go under. Roethlisberger hasn't really eclipsed this total very often this season. I don't think he'll be pushed to throw the football, you know, 40 times in this game. I think, again, Pittsburgh will Mm -hmm. try and run the rock a little with Najee Harris and establish that at home. And I'm predicting kind of a lower scoring game with fewer possessions and fewer plays. So uh, Roethlisberger at 238 and a half. I'm going to go under there just thinking, obviously, you know, he's not that good anymore. He really only has Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool has been in and out of the doghouse. Uh, and the uh, Cleveland Brown defense is pretty good. Now, they're missing some pieces as well uh, in that secondary that are important, like John Johnson and Troy Hill. But I still think that uh, Roethlisberger's limitations are enough for me to uh, wager on the under there of 238 and a half. Uh, anything on the Pittsburgh side or, or Roethlisberger that was standing out to you after touching on Nick Chubb? No, nothing standing out for me on them. I was really looking towards the Browns props and things like that, just because, yeah. I mean, the Steelers are pretty unpredictable too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. kind of just going with what I know best. Okay. Well then let's uh, switch on over to the association. Yes. We do have a pretty, um, pretty big nine game. It looks like slate yeah. here and a couple of, a couple of big games that stand out. One, uh, the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And we know how good the Grizzlies have been this season. And obviously Brooklyn yeah. is getting healthy. Kevin Durant is back. Kyrie Irving won't play in this game, but of course the plan is for him to come back, especially when the Nets are on the road. Uh, but this game is in Brooklyn. So it'll just be Durant and Harden Grizzlies catching six and a half with a total of two twenty eight yeah. and a half. I know we're going to talk about this on bet today, but any thoughts, yeah. uh, early in the morning I like Memphis plus six and a half right now so they're 11 and five against the spread on the road compared to Brooklyn being five and 13 against the spread on the road Brooklyn's looking to avoid that third straight loss for the first time this season they lost to Philly which was a very surprising game that Philly was able to win that very happy for Dwell and beat in that game then they blew a lead to the Clippers so I do think they'll be a little frustrated it's just that when the Nets are pressed by anybody good they're 0 and 6 this season against good teams Bulls Milwaukee Bucks the Heat Golden State Phoenix and Memphis is scrappy and you know I just think six and a half is a spot that I like them I'm not saying they're going to win this game because I do think the Nets are going to come into this game with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and some revenge but the Grizzlies have also beaten really good teams in the Western Conference such as Golden State, Phoenix Suns, Utah Jazz so they can definitely play up to competition and 
the one thing that is, you know, of note is that James Harden and Kevin Durant, like they've been pretty good the last couple of games, even though they didn't win those two games. So Harden has three of his seven triple doubles since, you know, December 25th. Durant has scored at least 30 points in five of his past six games. So they should easily be putting these games away and winning. So I do like Memphis with the points tonight. Yeah, I'm on the same side as you. I think the Grizzlies are the the sharp play here. It looks like it's steaming uh, towards Brooklyn, but uh, I'm going to go against Mm -hmm. that move with you. Uh, The Grizzlies will be without a couple of key rotation players, but it seems like the Brooklyn Nets are still kind of trying to find their footing after dealing with all the COVID issues. And the Grizzlies, I think, are just perennially um, undervalued and and kind of disrespected in the market. I think they have the fifth best cover percentage of any team in the NBA. Meanwhile, the Nets, of course, have kind of been overvalued in the market. Their spreads at home have just been too too big to cover. They have the worst cover rate at home of any team in the NBA because you think they have all these superstars. They're expected mm-hmm. to win every home game by seven, eight, nine, ten points, and that's just not the case, especially when they play good teams like the Memphis Grizzlies. So I'm I like you. I'm on the Grizzlies uh, side mm-hmm. there. Uh, actually, wouldn't even be shocked if they win that game outright, but definitely take the six and a half point head start. Um, There was a couple other big spreads that stood out to me. Uh, Milwaukee is laying 16 at home against Detroit and the Bulls are laying 14 at home against the Orlando (laughs) Magic. Um, Again, that's maybe chop it up into the first half for Milwaukee or Chicago (laughs) against two of the worst teams in the entire Eastern Conference for the uh, Bulls specifically. Um, I think, you know, since it's a smaller number, I think they're just as good, you know, almost on paper as Milwaukee. I think Orlando is getting some bodies back, but it's kind of also a revenge game narrative for Nikola Vucevic Uh um, playing his old team. The game is at the United Center where the Bulls have been really good this season and they have Levine, Lonzo, DeMar and and Vooch all available. So Mm -hmm. 14 first half, eight or nine, whatever it is there. That's that's that interests Mm me. Um, and then there's, there's a few totals, but any thoughts on those uh, big spreads in the association, which can be scary, but gosh, those two teams are really good and their opponents are really bad. It's so funny because all three teams that you've picked are the three teams that I have notes on today. So <laughs> you read my mind, which is absolutely crazy, but the bulls did roll past the magic 123 to 88 on November, on November 26th. So that was the first of four meetings between these teams this season. But um, yeah, I mean, huge spreads. I think definitely take a look at DeMar DeRozan props as well. This man has been crushing it. Two game winners in the last two games. I mean, he's been great. I kind of like want to, you know, get a jersey of his. Him and oh. John Morant. Um, okay. But as for the Bucks, I would look at their team total 120 and a half. They have not lost since December 18th, and they've averaged 124 points over the past six games. They've topped 120 points in four of six games most recently. I like those plays too. Like sometimes just take the uh, spread out of the equation because you never know what the other team might provide. But you know, if the Bucks play, you know, reasonably close to how they're expected, um, they're going to score a lot of points against the Pistons. The Pistons can't defend anyone. The Bucks yeah. play at a high pace. The same for the uh, Bulls. You could do the same there and attack their team total. Or you could also, you know, play the under on the opposition, thinking that d- the defense could really, you know, suffocate a team like Orlando or Detroit. So sometimes that's the way I kind of like breaking that up and isolating just one team's score, mm-hmm. which may be uh, a little easier to predict than how both teams are going to interact on the floor. Um, finally, there was a couple of totals that stood out. Um, Denver and Dallas in Dallas, it's two thirteen. I would play under or pass on that. Those are two slow paced teams. Uh, Luka Doncic and Nikola uh, Jokic try like to operate in the half mm-hmm. court. Um, and, uh, Dallas has been an under team all season long. Denver, not quite an under team, but they certainly, uh, you know, promote that type of uh, style of play with their pace. Mm-hmm. And then the heat and the warriors at 215 
in Golden State, the Warriors are favored by 11 there. The Heat, of course, not exactly 100% healthy, uh, missing Bam Adebayo. And Draymond Green's been in another lineup for the Golden State Warriors, but that's another game I would attack the under as well mm-hmm. because the Warriors are one of the best under teams in the NBA, mostly because the market thinks they're Steph Curry. We got to set this number high because people are going to you know, want to bet over to Steph Curry but they forget that the Warriors have an awesome defense. And so they, uh, you know, kind of put the stranglehold on the opposition there and the heat without Bam Adebayo and maybe some other key rotation pieces. I don't know how much they're going to provide in terms of offense in this game. So it's an under for the game, or maybe that's where you attack the heat team total under since that game is in San Francisco for the golden state warriors. So there's a couple other games that caught my eye. Anything else? Uh, worth mentioning that's standing out to you or did I already read your mind with all the, uh, the read my mind <laughs> she read that, my mind and I'm sure we'll that be talking just more means we're today. getting good chemistry dialed up here <laughs> as we move into the new year yes. so all right sure. that'll do it for Monday of course some uh, NBA or the uh, NFL pardon me um, with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We mentioned that crazy line move, touched on some props there. And then in the association, a little bit more than 10 minutes, the bets you need as promised, please do us a favor and don't forget to rate review and follow. If you're enjoying the show, it helps us out tremendously. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the daily wager podcast. Mm -hmm.